Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. There was massive moves going on this week with the transfer portal, NIL, coaching hires, firings, maneuverings. So we got to bring in the best in the biz, our buddy Connor Riley from Dog Nation to come in and settle it all for us. Connor, appreciate the time on a Saturday. How are you? Yeah, glad to be on with you, Chris. Yeah, all right, Connor. Let's start with Bama because there was a lot of, let's use the word, turnover, maybe turmoil, upheaval going on. They lost their best defensive back. They lost their top tackle. They lost their top quarterback recruit. So what is the state of the game right now in Tuscaloosa as we sit here today? Yeah, I I think when you lose players like Caleb Downs, Caden Proctor, Isaiah Bond, guys who are going to be the top players at their respective positions next year, I think it's natural to look at those spots in this team with a curious eye. I I think the Jalen, Julian saying rather news, is the most interesting. They bring in a quarterback from the transfer portal, Austin Mack from Washington, a guy uh, that Kalen DeBoer had previously scouted clearly very high on. And and DeBoer, quite frankly, should have known or probably knew that if you bring in a guy in Austin Mack who's on a similar timeline as four years of eligibility remaining, if you bring in a guy like him, you're probably saying goodbye to a guy like Julian Fane, who's the number one quarterback prospect in this 2024 recruiting cycle. So I think unlike the, the losses of Downs and Proctor and Bond, I think those moves in particular is signal, you know, those guys came to Alabama to play for, Stan, for, for Nick Saban. Whereas I think now we're at a point where maybe Kalen DeBoer is stabilizing that roster a little bit. He's gotten some big names to commit to coming back. Uh, DeAndre Lawson, Tyler Booker, um, uh, Jihad Campbell at the middle linebacker position. They've gotten some guys to come back. It's still going to be a talented team next year, but there are specific spots, I think a wide receiver and defensive back, where Alabama is just not where it will have been in recent years, and it's going to be a lot on DeBoer to go ahead and make and coach that team to be better than perhaps the talent indicates that it has been, which Alabama has not operated at a talent deficit when it comes to, you know, where they're lining up against since probably 2007. Outside of Tuscaloosa, where your expectations are going to be what they are because they're used to a standard there, as is uh, Bulldog Nation here in Georgia, what do you think is a realistic expectation for Alabama next season in terms of where they finish in the conference and the overall playoff standings? Yeah, I think realistic is still, like, if you make the playoff, that is now a good season as opposed to the expectation. 
Uh, should they make the playoff? Probably so. It'll depend on their schedule and how it, how it bears out there. They do have a tough slate. They have Georgia coming there. They go to Oklahoma and then host Auburn to end the season. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if they miss the playoff. It wouldn't surprise me if they find a way to make it. I don't think that this is a team that is going to win a national championship next year. And obviously they can grow and get better and prove that along the way. But as we sit here in early February, I just don't know if they have the talent with what they've lost via the transfer portal to be one of those front-running teams. Conversely, you look at what Georgia and Ohio State have brought in. I think those two teams, and if you want to lump Oregon and Texas in there as well, you can, are the teams that are sort of the front-runners going into next year, whereas Alabama, it's, you know, I don't necessarily know if it is a rebuilding year or a reloading year, but it is a team where you thought maybe that next year would be a year where they can win the national championship once again. I don't think that's the case with some of the losses they've had via the transfer portal so far. Talking all things college ball with our buddy Connor Riley of Dog Nation. Make sure you check him out there and listen to him every Monday on Dukes and Bell. All right, Connor, so why did Downs go to Ohio State over coming home to Georgia in your best guess? Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. There are a lot of Georgia fans would love to know the real answer to this. I think it's important to note in the 2020 recruiting class, Georgia did not recruit Caleb Downs' brother all that seriously, Josh Downs. Josh Downs is a fantastic player, had a great career at North Carolina, had a very productive season with the Indianapolis Colts. Georgia, quite frankly, just did not do a good enough job recruiting him out of North Gwinnett. I think the Downs family has a long memory with that. I also think that Ohio State offered a very aggressive NAL package. I know there were a lot of people that were puzzled this week when Ohio State announced it was hiring Ross Bjork to be the athletic director at Ohio State. Uh, he's not exactly had a great tenure there for Texas A&M. You see what happened with Jimbo Fisher. But I think the one thing to keep in mind, Ross Bjork is great unassailably in terms of getting money aligned and getting money into the right places. For a while, Ohio State, in my opinion, has been lagging in the NIL business. And I think with some of the moves that you've seen them make this offseason so far, obviously landing Caleb Downs, but also Quinshawn Junkins, making sure to secure the commitment of the number one overall player in the class, Jeremiah Smith. They are getting their money in order to really go all in and find out if this is the year that Ryan Day is the coach capable of winning a national championship. And at the end of it, too, you know, and Downs in his comments since then have sort of reflected this. I think Ohio State needed a player like Downs a lot more than necessarily Georgia did. Georgia's still going to have Malachi Starks. They're still going to have, you know, five-star K.J. Bolden. They have a lot of talented players, Janelle Aguero, Ja'Cory Thomas there as well. 
Georgia was going to be fine with or without Caleb Downs. That doesn't dissuade this or make this any less of a loss. It's someone Georgia clearly thought that they were getting and really very much wanted. I'll be interested in seeing how they go forward with this, but this is a huge win for Ohio State. And while Georgia, I do believe, is going to be okay, it is still a miss on the recruiting trail to go this effusively in for a guy like Caleb Downs and then ultimately not land a player that, other than Caleb Williams, is probably the best individual player to go in the transfer portal since it has sort of become this modern iteration of what it is. Well, we saw one win for Georgia, Connor, and that's in the coaching rankings as uh, Tavares Robinson is going to join the staff. What is his impact going to be, and what does it mean for Will Muschamp taking sort of a more backseat role in the organization? Yeah, I think we, there were a lot of people, especially in the aftermath of Downs, who was like, oh, well, why do you bring this guy in if you know he can't land Caleb Downs from Alabama? Tavares Robinson is one of the best recruiters in all of college football right now. I think this is still a, a massive win for Georgia, not only to pull him from Alabama, where I believe his recruiting chops absolutely would have helped Kalen DeBoer, but it, you know, it gives Georgia, which already had the best recruiting staff in the country in my mind, another ace recruiter, a guy that has recruited the South incredibly well, recruited the defensive back position incredibly well, and is absolutely going to help this team. I, I think with Will Muschamp, and you see this is pretty clearly, this is a guy who is maybe looking to do a little bit less He's already done a lot in his coaching career, has been a head coach at South Carolina and Florida, has been the defensive coordinator at places like Auburn, was a co-DC at Georgia this past year. And I think you saw on the sidelines of the Orange Bowl when his son Jackson has that big run. Will Muschamp is really looking forward, I think, to being around his family a good bit more. I think he came to Georgia with the idea that he was going to be an analyst and not be so quite as involved in the day-to-day operations of this Georgia football machine. Obviously gets promoted in his first year to an on-field role to help out. And I think going forward, in the event that he needs to move into an on-field role, he can. But I think that he's very content to be in an analyst role still moving forward with Georgia and the impact that he's already had with Georgia and the impact he will continue to have. That Georgia was able to keep him involved in college football coaching altogether, I still think is a win for this program moving forward. Talking all things college football with our buddy Connor Riley here. Follow him on Twitter and check out his work at Dog Nation. Chris Thomas with you for another two hours here on Sports Radio 92.9. The game Hawks basketball comes your way then. All right, Connor, agree or disagree? This time next year, Georgia will have to find a replacement for Glenn Schumann. That is a very, very good question. Uh, one, I don't know how many, how many in the audience know this, this time next year, January 20th, it'll be a Monday. That is the date of the national championship game next year. So to answer your question literally, I don't think Georgia is going to be looking for a new defensive coordinator because I think they're going to be playing in a national championship game this time next year. Uh, I don't think personally that Glenn Schumann had the year that I think a lot of people envisioned him having. I don't think this defense was necessarily up to the standard of where Georgia's defenses had been in your past. I think you can point to somewhat personnel in that regard, but I also think you can look at the Alabama game and the way they elected to attack or rather not Jalen Milrow and then see what Michigan did and sort of wonder why it wasn't Georgia's defense better in that game. And so I think moving forward and going in this year where I think the defense is going to be better, I think bringing back guys like Nasdaq, Hassel, Warren, Brinson is significant. They have a very good front seven. and You still love what they have in the secondary. I'm interested in seeing what sort of personality this defense takes on. It was traditionally very aggressive under Dan Lanning. We'll see if Georgia elects to do that once again in 2024 and sort of what personality this defense takes on because – more so than I think any other year that he's been at Georgia, this defense is going to have to take on the personality of Glenn Schumann, given Will Muschamp is obviously stepping back into an analyst role. It's Tavares Robinson's first year here as the co-DC and safeties coach. 
for all intents and purposes, obviously Kirby Smart is still quite involved with his defense. This is going to be the most Glenn Schumann defense that we've seen at the University of Georgia, and I think it's a real chance for him to make a statement as potentially one of the best coaches in the country, which a lot of people thought he was on track to be during his time and rise at the University of Georgia. All right, Connor. So I don't put much stock in preseason rankings or polls, but something caught my eye as I was listening to our radio station um, a couple hours ago before I jumped on. There was a another outlet that put out an SEC early, you know, preseason, way too early rankings list. And they had LSU number one over Georgia. I'm trying to wrap my mind around the justification for that. What could you see being the reason Georgia isn't number one, and why would LSU be the one that's above them? I'll be honest. I don't get the LSU hype all that much. I I know that, you know, their defense was awful last year, and it can't quite possibly be worse this year. But they have a whole new defensive staff there. And you look at some of the personnel that they've lost. Jane Daniels is going to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. I know a lot of Atlanta fans want him to land at number eight. Quite frankly, I don't think he makes it past the Patriots at number three. They lose their top two receivers in Brian Thomas and Malik neighbors. And it is going to be a, you know, a, 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 I think next year is maybe a growing pains year for LSU where the next year they have the defense intact for a full year. You have a full year of starting ability for Garrett Nussmeyer. I know their schedule is perhaps a little bit easier than Georgia's, but I don't quite frankly see that. I think Georgia and Texas are the top two teams in the SEC next season. I think they're two of the top four teams in the sport. I would have Georgia at number one just based on recent history and the way that they have functioned in years past, whereas you look at Texas, they obviously return a lot of talent. They bring back quarterback Quinn Ewers. Most of that offensive line is intact. They lose their top two wide receivers, where if you look at teams that have regressed in years past, receiver production is a big indicator of teams that either make a leap forward or take a step back. And then you look at what Texas is losing on the defensive line as well. I think it's going to make things tough for them in that first year to be the best team in the SEC, but I still like the talent that Steve Sarkeesian overall has, you know, LSU, I think it's maybe purely looking at the schedule and comparing that to Georgia. I think Georgia's got the toughest road slate in the country next year at Kentucky, at Alabama, at Texas, at Ole Miss, they play Florida and Jacksonville, obviously. And so I think it'll be really interesting going into next year how much the schedule dictates how we view Georgia. But, I mean, this Georgia team, with what they bring back, they're still going to be loaded on the line of scrimmage. Carson Beck's one of, if not the best quarterbacks in the country coming back next season. I would still have Georgia at number one until proven otherwise. You know, they won, I think, going back at least 36 straight regular season games. And you'd have to go back to Florida 2020 uh, the last time they lost a regular season game. So I think Georgia, in my mind, is still the number one team. But obviously, I understand the bias that exists there, given that I just happen to see them a lot more than I see the LSUs, Texases, Alabamas of the world. Last one, Connor. Going back to that same list, uh, Missouri was also, I believe, in the top four. Um, do you believe that last year was more of a fluke, or do you think that's something that Eli Drinkwitz can sustain into next season? I think it's a mixture of the fact that there is some sustainable aspects to that. Obviously, losing the defensive coordinator, Blake Baker, to LSU is significant in my mind. But you bring back quarterback Brady Cook. You bring back star-wide receiver Luther Burden. I think that was the strength of this game. Obviously, they have to replace running back Cody Schrader. But I think they're going to be able to do that. Uh, the other thing that factors into this, too, I think if you're looking at teams that aren't those traditional SEC monsters, Georgia, Alabama, I'd be willing to throw LSU in there. Missouri and Ole Miss are the teams that jump out as, hey, they have relatively weak SEC schedules next year. 
And because of that, they may be able to take advantage. And I'm not necessarily saying they're going to go outright and win the SEC, but they may be able to find themselves in the advantageous spot of ending the season with an 11-1 or a 10-2 record. And if you do that in this conference, I think there's a very real scenario where you end up making the college football playoff simply on the back of how strong the SEC in general is. So I think Missouri and Ole Miss are sort of two teams to watch out for next year where, and yes, I understand both those teams would have made a 12-team playoff this year, and obviously the success of both of them winning their bowl games in rather dominant fashion. I think those are two teams to watch going into next year. If they're able to sustain it, especially with the schedule that they have, I think that's going to be very significant for those teams as they try to make the playoff push and move into a new tier in the SEC that they haven't, you know, all that routinely lived in. Connor Riley, once again, check him out on Instagram, Twitter, at Riley and at Dog Nation. And, uh, Connor, we'll talk to you in a couple of days on Dukes and Bell. Appreciate the time as always. Yep, thanks a lot, Chris. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.